0: The programme which follows is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM.
1: Monday night, Isotopica, it's me, Simon Tishko, and we started off there with a very brief excerpt from Bogamelan, a little sampling of some sounds that will punctuate today's programme, as today's guest is artist Anne Bean, who is one of the founder members of Bogamelan, but more about that later. It's basically going to be a walking conversation around Anne's latest exhibition, which was in a temporary West End gallery space, um, where England and co, whom Anne's presently working, are presently residing. Um, The sheer longevity and variety of Anne's practice utterly defies compartmentalization and certainly not within a 55 minute radio slot so taken from Anne's website and beanarchive.com, archive.com which is really worth looking it actually has a page for every year of her practice from 1970 to the present day and I'm going to start off with a guiding text which appears on that website which I realized as I was researching Anne's work it rather beautifully encapsulates the way conversational programs on isotopica tend to operate and function and so titled an ongoing autobiography the content of this website is not the work nor is it a document of the work it is a physical manifestation of certain intersecting circumstances more organized but no more significant than any others my work is a continuum and right now it is a collaboration with you wonderful sentiments and a very interesting guiding principle for the sort of work we're going to be talking about so Anne's work as I said before it's very difficult to classify wonderfully so and even harder to pin down and her CV It's like following a continuous performance, a continuous response to the world stretching back from 1970 to the present day. The variety and specifics of time, space and location, interiors, exteriors, seasons, publics, private, materials, concept, tools, simply astonishing. Um, Noted materials include Wind, steam, honey, slide projections, drawing, fire and pyrotechnics, weather balloons, explosive, photography, video, and of course sound. Um, what else? Throughout this bewildering meta-interest, there's an absolute unity, though. And together with Richard Wilson and Paul Burwell, they formed the now-legendary Beau Gamelan in 1983, which was an anarchic industrial sculptural performance collective with its roots firmly in the world of free improvisation, situationist spectacle and the collaborative squat aesthetic that informed the more dynamic artistic threads in the pre-neoliberal world order. Personally, I'm missing that more and more and more as things continue to decay. Um, noted point from Bo is that Paul Burwell was also a founding member of the London's Musicians Collective, member number one, in fact. And the London Musicians Collective is the phenomena from which this experimental radio station, Resonance FM, that we are broadcasting and listening on right now was actually born. Anyway, we are now going to zoom in to England & Co gallery where Anne Bean and I were having a strolling conversation just a couple of weeks ago. I hope you enjoy today's episode, further details at the end of the programme and on my website being www.theculture.net. Let's listen in shall we? I'm here with Anne Bean and we're in, uh, where are we right at the moment?
0: We're in Seckville Street, a space that Jane England has rented for England and Coher Gallery, um, just temporarily, although it's a fantastic space. It's great, it's raw, unplasted, bits of paint falling off, old pipes sticking out, bits of conduit here and there and wiring, and we decided to leave it pretty much as it was, Um, because it's really a unique space in this area. Um, So...
1: It suits, it suits, it suits 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 your work as well. I mean, I wouldn't think of you as a sort of pure white wall, white cube gallerist kind of artist.
0: No and I've never done that actually so in one way I was thinking when Jane approached me and asked me that this is going to be interesting because it might be the first one in that purity but but actually it has felt very nice in the space sort of sort of seems like a between space where it's sort of like a proper gallery context and it's curated which is unusual for me because normally I make choices for my own shows how they happen Mm. and they're usually much more to do with installation performance work coming out of that but this Jane very carefully curated from work she saw of mine and she was very very keen to go back to as early as possible so there are some pieces from 1970 in the show.
1: That's wonderful and what we're going to do is we're going to wander around the show and you can talk us through some of the things here yeah I mean looking at your work the the thing I think about you more than anything is collaboration. Yes. It's it's been so central to your work hasn't it?
0: Yes it has and actually what I was really pleased um, I mean, I feel there's a load of collaborative pieces in this show, but I was very, very pleased. Um, On Saturday, we did a performance, and it was with a Dutch um, artist called Twan Hervers, who wrote to me in the late 80s, and said that he's starting to make works about pieces that he strongly remembers. And he remembered a piece of mine from the early 80s that I'd done in Tilburg in, in Holland, where I'd, in very different ways, played with those old cassette players and like, burnt them or put Mm. them in water, so that you still heard the sound coming backwards and forwards, but it kind of um, got distorted and got out of sync and stretched. and, And he described this in great detail. And I suddenly thought, because this work is about traces and about disappearances and reappearances and how works come in and out of each other, I'd invite him to do this piece that then continued into another kind of piece of mine, So it felt like another collaboration in the space mm. that happened. Um,
1: I remember so. the, I, I know the reference to that work. One of, I, was it his work that had the cassettes saying help?
0: That's Is right. That right? And okay. he, yes, he remember this piece of mine where I had lots of cassettes where mm. I'd recorded help in help, 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 help. help. help yes and so like if you're crushing them underfoot you yep. can sort of squeeze and go. they almost respond as though they're human because you go ah, because you sort of stretching the tape and mm. sort of, so i found those old cassette tape recorders just very visceral objects in terms of how you could play with the sound i mean a little bit like playing with um, vinyl and fingertips but you know much more unpredictable how Mm. they'd end up yes
1: yeah no there's a real i mean with the analog equipment that's lost now there's um I think things that are developed from that, something called circuit bending, where people have old electronic equipment, keyboards, sticking screwdrivers in them, oh, yes, and using that as the instrument. is yes, really yes, unpredictable.
0: Yes, almost like a modern prepared piano thing. Exactly. I mean. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yes. it's, it's, I mean,
1: with, within you know, looking back over your practice, which stretched back to early 70s Yes, it, that you've been kind of at the forefront of so many things that have become more established genres and, and things I would say and experimental is another word that always yes. fits with your work
0: yes. yes I always, well I mean I think in one way obviously it gets in the way of how one is perceived because I have jumped into so many different rivers, pools, whatever, you know, just taking the plunge. And because I am very, very curious about what happens in that space between oneself and somebody else's sensibility and what happens in that space, like in real collaboration, Mm -hmm. when you really sense somebody else's consciousness and how they're trying to make work and you somehow find a way a meeting point of making other work, so it's meant that my work has had very, very different um, ways of being perceived, of genres, and and yet I feel that that is the work, you mm, know, that very much so. carrying on with mm, that. Mm. Um, experimentation, yes. And of
1: course that's something that the art world struggles with, the sort of the the formal art world.
0: Exactly. Very difficult
1: to pin down and...
0: It is, no, and I think that's why there is a difficulty and I think, I mean, and this isn't said with any criticism, but I think artists often just go with a particular um, work that happens to engage a curator or an audience at a certain point and then you know work on that more and more which is in a sense the best way to go because you know it's um it can kind of drive one quite crazy, just sort of the infinite possibilities that you keep seeing ahead, you know, and so...
1: I, I personally so relate to that. <laughs>
0: it's a very restless <laughs> I mean, thing. The thing
1: is, it's everywhere, isn't it? When when you look at the, you know, art production or an art practice in a certain way, it is absolutely everywhere, it's impossibly unbounded.
0: Absolutely, at least that's yes. the way I understand yes. it, which is
1: why I'm you know, so so drawn to your work and oh, you know well, I've seen it in so much in the past. And should we have a look at some of the works yes. in the exhibition? Can you just tell me, what was the, what's the idea behind this particular exhibition? What are we going to be...
0: Well, I think, again, as I said, Jane curated it. So I think because of Jane's interest in photography mm. and she's interested in where photography overlaps with performance. Interesting. So that was the initial mm. impetus for her. So she wanted to again, like I said, look at early works, and um, and present them in a way that I never would have, which is nicely framed of some of yeah, them, yeah. you know, so that they sort of take on a different aspect, a sort of gravitas that I've never been interested in. But uh, you know, but then I'm respect Jane doing that and sort of almost a way for me to relook at them so I mean you know re um, see them you know works that have been sort of from performance and quite throw away and I'm very interested in you know like a lot of my photographic work, I've burnt or I've ground it or mm. I've used different kind of bleaches on yep. it or I've buried it or I've left it outside for years and years. So I'm very interested in the interplay <laughs> mm. of of elements and time on photographic impulses but it's quite nice now to have it captured in quite a classic way you know nicely framed basically Mm. and taken into it's a new
1: form of collaboration in isn't it really exactly which
0: I haven't exactly said to Jane but I do feel that that Mm. it's her perception of the work how she sees it and that's been the most interesting aspect of the show for me because um, she has a deep perception of the work but in a way that I wouldn't have or wouldn't have presented as Mm -hmm. such.
1: Yeah, no, that's, so, that's really interesting and quite a nice formal way of doing it because, of course, with any performance or any artwork, the viewer themselves brings so much to exactly. the completion of the process, yet working with a curator must be very interesting for someone that is so unbound.
0: Very interesting indeed, because like you know, I've worked with Robin Klasnick at Matt, but Robin is much more jumping into your space with mm. you. You know, he's interested in really making what you perceive as um, doable and beable as possible. So, you know, Robin Klasnick it's great to work with in that way, but Jane, it's a very different kind of curatorial aspect that she takes on.
1: We're sitting right in the middle of the gallery, let's let's go to a point of your choosing, see what Um. we find.
0: It actually has a quote from Susan Sontag, which was very early in the 70s she wrote it, and it's a very um, sentient piece. The camera makes everyone a tourist in other people's reality, and eventually in one's own. So she was very much foreseeing something that now is, so ubiquitous in mm. terms of photography. But I, um, it came from a work I did at Centre Charles Peggy in Piccadilly in the early 80s. Um, uh, Amine de Morian um, curated a show where she asked artists to refer to the First World War. And Paul Burwell and myself, who were doing works together, went to a a hypno-regression person Wonderful and asked this man to regress us to our former selves you know, sort of in the first world War, which is ridiculous Of course,
1: beautifully (laughs) ridiculous (laughs) but
0: beautifully ridiculous and to record it and Paul who had a real connection to the first world war in terms of he really rated those early pilots and their incredible courage and the way they threw themselves into these missions so he actually felt genuinely a kind of reincarnation whether you spoke to him more about it how he would describe it but there was a genuine connection deeply so so I mean he got into the space where he just screamed um, and he just kept seeing himself falling through the air burning and I also I won't go into it because it's just too long a story to tell you but I also had this burning piece that I was involved with and um I basically had this rubber over my face and I was telling the story through the rubber and then projecting an image of my face onto the rubber so that this still projected face was moving by my telling the story. Mm -hmm. So these are images from that.
1: And yeah. not and not as it's it's obviously not documentation of the performance because it's not, it's, no it no. stands very much of a work on its own yes
0: I did it afterwards um, as a photographed piece so it isn't done during the performance um, which would have been you know the the photographer would have had to have stood directly in front of me um, which actually if one wants to go on a little bit of a tangent I was at a Gina Parley talk the other day and apparently she used to say if people complained about a photographer used to say well look at the photographs (laughs) they're the work so she was interested in the live work as getting the battery from the audience, but not that being the work.
1: Interesting. But
0: I don't feel that. No, in this
1: instance, no. But
0: but it was interesting to hear that. Yes, so, um, see a lot of them have so much complex history. Um, I mean, this is a piece where there's five, of me walking around a gravestone that I actually put in the Jewish cemetery in the east end of London by my land. And um, the stone, which I kind of think of as my gravestone, says how things used to be now. And it somehow seemed to take in this whole thing of um, a continuous present that doesn't allow for any... Um, other state than this continuous Mm. present and that these five walking figures of me are equally present at the same moment. So in the gallery we have the actual stone which is marble which I had made by a funeral um, marble um, carver um, and then put it in to to this graveyard and did this work around it.
1: Was there any formality with the authorities around the graveyard or did you just intervene in the space? I
0: just intervened in the space and um, I think it looked so like the others but also very onward. And actually I would love to just leave it there so I mm. might at some point Try and get permission just so that it's it's just there as a very different sensibility um, because although one always reads the inscriptions on gravestones and they are always moving there's such a generic thing and totally. I'm always looking for something that really not in the Spike Renegan way I told I gonna, you no, no, I was I was gonna say that. <laughs> yes. I was going to say that. Yes, there are there are yeah. some lovely things, yeah. mm. but something that did seriously intervene with the fact that mm. you know that one is always relating to a, an aftermath, to an afterness, to a space. You know, nothing Very few things I really try and have a profundity about. um,
1: I I mean, I've I've thought a lot, I mean, you've also, you've you've had a lot of loss of collaborators over the last few years
0: I have. and
1: strangely, I mean, I've just gone through a period, the last five years I've lost a number of very core people and spent time in cemeteries, and we all wander through them. Yes. And there's such a dishonesty, I think, around yes. cemeteries, because yes. it's an attempt... The little houses will create these houses of the afterlife. It's a space screaming out for intervention, isn't it?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um... <laughs> hmm. Again, it's a complete aside, but it was quite funny. Um... Um, a friend in Prague was telling her grandson, he was asking what a cemetery is, and she said, people come here when they die, and an elderly woman walked in and he said, have you come here to die? And and you know, but people would never, you know, that sort of raw confrontation um, with, I don't. Uh, I've been to a number of these death cafes that have started. Have you heard death cafes? Yeah, heard? Oh, really. no, death cafes they are good. You go there only to talk about death, but not in terms of bereavement or trying to find a way through, but to actually take the taboo off talking mm. about it. Um, some, you know, it depends who's running them, but Interesting. Um, yeah, we
1: should look out. For yeah, those. death
0: cafes. Yeah. Yeah. A
1: recent one was Dudley Sutton, who was a really... Dudley Sutton, the actor.
0: Oh, yes. I'm
1: fabulous. I mean, a very, very close friend. <laughs> and he turned his funeral into protest on behalf of the National Health Service. And the, we held it in Chir- uh, Chelsea Old Church. It's one of the oldest churches in London, England, and that profanity and sex, LSD and swearing coming from the pulpit had the whole church collapsing with laughter and the priest, he wasn't quite sure what was going on, it was beautiful, so even from beyond Dudley was intervening in the process, beautiful.
0: Beautiful, yes, and there have been others but you know it is an area that would you know, I think it, mm. as you say, it is crying out for real taking on. And
1: I believe in a... composting, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, uh, well, poor, poor Bower was wanted to have a funeral par, and Richard Wilson and I went through the hall, seek burial, mm. and. Um, Got all the information and all the fuel and all everything to do it, but at the very last minute, one of their one of Paul's sons felt that it would be too sensational, oh. and they just mm. and we had to comply and then mm. because you know. It just felt, I suppose, in, in family, whatever, maybe has the last word, which they is do. also they, strange. No, they which is also do. A
1: strange. Yeah. Thing. yeah, I guess they do in a way. Um Paul, I mean, long, long-term collaborator with long-term you.
0: Long-term um, collaborator. I
1: noticed yes. when looking at notes before coming along today, he was the founder of the London Musicians Collective. That's
0: right, number one. Number member. one. Yeah, and of course
1: that's where Resonance FM was born.
0: Exactly. Exactly. From. So there's I a lovely there's, connection there's going no 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 Mm. he was brilliant in that way of just opening up to possibilities you know like he never believed in I remember that one of the meetings when they were speaking about what the name should be and he said because it was a filmmakers co-op and he said well we're not very cooperative, so we can't yeah. be a co-op but <laughs> collectivity is something I can mm. get on with you yeah, know, so, yeah I
1: so. mean I'm pushing, pushing from the edges for resonance to become more of a collective I think oh, really? it, it, it yes. slipped so. away over the years, we've got so many, and we're, we're a disparate group of artists. I can
0: see Rather that. Rather
1: than, and on a couple of occasions for collaborative work, I've reached out to Resonance, and my hand's just gone through it. We're like a chimera, you know, a, a ghost. We, we present such a solid image through the radio. Yes. That's the art of radio. Yes. But in reality, there's so very little you can touch. And I'd like to bring- Why them. do
0: you think its it is? It's,
1: I mean, part, I mean, part of London art life these days, everyone is very scattered, London itself has become scattered, isolated, arts communities don't exist in the way they used to, squats no more, all of this, and it's a, a function of the politics, a function of the economics, and it's drifted in that direction, and some people don't want to get involved lots of people interested me 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 yes is that yes. is that margaret thatcher coming uh, yes.
0: through yes well it certainly gave so. it a kick start that's for yeah, sure yeah yeah and people feel fearful i think once they've got a thing or they cling on mm. so it it feels like it doesn't have the m- movement within it um it's it's held on to hmm. tight as what it was meant to be initially, yeah. which is always um, a difficult space to negotiate. Well, you've yes. always
1: negotiated it yourself with burning your work, <laughs> yeah, and burying your work, etc., yeah. etc. Right. Et cetera, et cetera, you know, well,
0: there was a, Yes, a lot of uh, performances we did. Um, again things related to ball, but I did a, a lot of pieces where my face was on fire. I mean, actually it was a, a glass sheet on top of my face and then squirting um, petrol light fuel, whatever, on top and lighting it so that the whole face looks like it's burning. But then I did a whole lot of them where I actually took a blowtorch to the photographs, mm. so that then like these are just burnt here. So they're just t- more tentatively burned. Yes. Yeah. But then there's some, like in the glass cabinet here, um, that are, you know, like dangerously burned, where the, where it's a framed work, but because of the blowtorch, the glass itself is cracked and then the emulsion almost becomes on fire itself so you see the emulsion forming flame like fronds within it so there's sort of different echoes of actually emulsion as flame and the face as flame and the cracked glass Mm,
1: there beautiful
0: yes i
1: mean it says in, in you know if you look at your wikipedia page it describes your medium as uh, Flamethrowers, honey,
0: <laughs> explosions—it go, yeah. goes
1: on. It's it's delicious in the age of extreme health and safety. Yes. Maybe you'd struggle with it these days. <laughs> Who knows?
0: Who knows? I'm mean, I always thinking you know, if you go out and do something, mm. you know, by the time somebody comes to stop you, it's done. So yep. you know, yep. I do take that attitude often. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> yeah. I'm,
1: I'm actually—I mean, myself, I've only started to realise how dangerous I actually am in that, because my sensibilities come from this time, you know, 70s, 80s, living in squats, putting it together, you know, you just make it work, you make it work and whatever. And I've never, it's always been safe. And yet I got inspected a a, a while ago and got the most horrific report. And I had to really stop and think, okay, hang on, am I being dangerous? It's curious.
0: It's curious, but I always remember um, Paul McCarthy, the artist, the artist from um, West Coast America. Paul Burwell and myself did a, um, a performance together in a derelict house called Two Peas and a Bean.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and. Um, I always remember thinking, you know, the audience were in this derelict house, which was, we were basically chopping to bits and entering each other's spaces. And I think, you know, in one way it was crazily dangerous, but in another way, because people were aware of how dangerous it was, people were super attenuated Mm. to the situation. So in a way, they were probably safer than, walking along a pavement where you're going to trip over a pavement stone or something just because you're not you're looking at your phone or you're looking in a window yeah. so people were super super aware mm. in a very nice way so I always remember thinking that it's don't take that away you know don't try and ever make people feel safe you know the whole nanny state attitude it's so.
1: it's, it, it's impossible actually impossible yeah, these yeah. days absolutely everywhere there was a reconstruction not reconstruction what do they call it um no. when they redo a performance and yes. i can't remember the word and they did the yeah einstender performance at the ICA where they used power tools yeah, yeah. and were Trying to sort of dissemble the ICA and they recreated it, and everyone had to wear yes. eye defenders, etc. etc. I'm curious, yes. I mean, that itself becomes such a comment.
0: Yes. Well, a lot of the Eve Klein work and Burroughs works, which just can't, um, some of them, be shown, you know, things with blow torches mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, Eve yeah, Klein so himself,
1: didn't he die because of the chemicals, was part a of part his diet? Part of,
0: yes. So there's, yes.
1: there's another side to it as there well. There is, yes. Do you know Tarkovsky with um, the film, you, you know Tarkovsky? So, yeah, the, I know. Well, the, well, sta- of course, Tarkovsky, the, the film Stalker. Stalker, Nearly yes. everyone died because of that film.
0: Later on, yeah, yes. Really I were did, rare and unusual
1: yeah. cancers that they were
0: I did, standing
1: yeah. in that bubbling, yellow, poisoned water for days, if not weeks.
0: God, yes. I didn't know so many. I heard that some gosh, I don't know. And Tarkovsky so,
1: himself of from course. From that one, wow, yeah. wow. As much as one can tell where the cancer comes from. True. So there's another side. Yes.
0: Yes. No, all these mm. um, <laughs> things. <laughs> like I often mm. question marks, I know. <laughs> no, no, I know. No. I look back at so much stuff I've used. Like, Maybe I won't go then. No,
1: no, I know, the mistakes I've made in the past, I, I horror, horror, we'll talk about that later. So, yeah. so what's next? What are we what are going so, to look next?
0: Well, I mean, just because we're in front of the glass, um, these again were done in performance, which were photographs of me drowning while just pushing my head under water. And there were pieces where I shouted mortality and pushed my head underwater, still trying to scream out mm. the words. But here I did it in performance where I squirted um, acid at them. So they sort of melted and fizzed and foamed, and sort of became completely rather Francis Bacon-ish kind of. Mm. Um, sprites and um, demons, and things they've ended up as. And yeah,
1: very much an apparition apparition, Apparition coming through, it? Apparition exactly, coming
0: through the, on the image. Yes, yes. So, you—they do have that sort of phantom-like feeling where you can make out something, but um, the image has got sort of set back, almost like the face in the water, seeing deep into something. And. Um, that and this piece, which is basically my face um, whitened and then with crack marks all over it, and there's a piece of paper coming out of my mouth that is the same shape as one on my tongue, was used for a page of William Burroughs' Final Academy that Roger Ely. David dawson mm. Genesis P. Orange mm-hmm. put together again in the early eighties at um Brixton, Ritz-y. Ritz-y, It was the Ritzy. Yeah, in Brixton, it was, wasn't it? At, yeah. And um Yeah, so John Jonah and and people played, and Paul and I did a set called Adventures in the House of Memory where um Um, well my face was basically made like that and just pulling words out um, of my tongue and then burning them and then burning all the score that we'd made yes Mm. so that was an image from that
1: the impermanence
0: impermanence (laughs)
1: and yet here's the record
0: yeah yeah so here it's very permanent Mm -hmm. somehow a yeah, glass knife on the a wall? A glass knife. I, there's a glass knife dug into the wall which says, I wanted to get the feeling of time stopping, as it seems to happen when you have ad- adrenaline flooding all through your body. Even with a knife at my throat, I saw a piece of paper blown by the wind, just hanging there in space and that was written by the artist Alexis Hunter, Mm -hmm. who very much engaged with violence, eroticism, other kind of consciousness, feminism's engagement with eroticism and violence, and how to um, both see it as a very real and um, Part of um, something that animates life, and also the horrendousness of um, of how that is part of life. But she basically wrote it after she, there was an attempted at rape, and she was saying that even though she was in this absolutely um, horrendous, violent situation part of her consciousness saw this floating bit of paper in the air and the delicacy of that. Mm. And, this, and I really loved this thing that um, one could, even in a situation like that, have some strangely tender thought that was still part of oneself. The, the, yeah, the escape, yes. the escape route the escape, is there, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. yes,
1: Integral. Yes. corner work is it's a corner mirror yes it is it takes in both aspects of the gallery with a neon what what are we looking at tell us about the we're work we're
0: looking at something that came also out of a performance that i did at the Wharf in the late 70s where i had i'm um, just you know those glow stick necklacy things mm. um and i had written um was w-o-z was Mm -hmm. and graffiti stuff you know and put a mirror on the other side and for the beginning of the performance i just turned the z to an end so that in the mirror it reflected now okay so it began from that and i've always thought it would be rather nice as a neon piece and this because jane had actually um liked it the uh, title how things used to be now from the stone um it seemed to be a suitable moment to do it as a neon work mm.
1: yes
0: yeah, so
1: it looks quite it's, formal for so it's
0: rather formal yes it is it is mind but you it,
1: neon's very easy to break so you've yes, got, you've uh, got, you've can, got an avenue there yes
0: yes maybe it was thinking of this chair and the title and thinking of a formal piece because it was made after um, Jane said about doing the show. So Mm. maybe there's the collaboration. Exactly,
1: exactly, it comes out.
0: Yes, yes, and next to it is another piece that was from a performance up in Glasgow. Uh, um, It was like a month after Derek Jarman died. And I had um, buckets on the floor with a light underneath and a piece of glass on top and this sugar, fine sugar on top. And I had molded all these angels into the sugar so that when you looked at the floor, you just saw the sea of angels. Mm -hmm. And then I buried my own face into the angel face while saying that text from Derek's film Blue about um, you know, all our lives were with away, you know like um, straw in the wind basically. Yes. It's a very, very mm. beautiful text and it is somewhere around um, I would like to read it out because it's extremely beautiful but I'll we can, find we can, it We can find it and record afterwards. that at the end We can do that Because it is lovely That would be lovely Yes, yes. It would be a nice
1: beginning to the exhibition yes. to, exib- to, exib- to, exib- to the
0: broadcast perhaps Yes Especially I heard um, Rupert Everett doing Derek's book this morning Modern Nature oh, really? They're doing it on the radio That sounds yeah. wonderful So beautiful his book his writing um, Yes So yes it was It ended up, um, I didn't know what I was going to do for that performance but because I was doing it and I'm just thinking of Derek, I just, it felt Mm -hmm. right to do it then, yes. And then it also ended up as a photographic work with the angel in the centre, sort of triptych on my face on either side and the angel in the Mm centre. Yes. so uh, these
1: and around I've I see the white rabbit I'm drawn white. to the rabbit
0: yes it's more of a feather man Okay. It's, it's I guess the, the feathers
1: in the ears that the fe- appear like yeah, ears they Yeah. they do
0: but I, I was very interested in pieces that um, have equilibrium so what this piece is is an old fashioned scales and um, when I was little, I was very curious about a couple of things in relation to this piece. One was mass and volume, mm-hmm. so that you could, you know, the usual pound of feathers, pound of lead. So yep. you could have a huge feather person and a tiny lead person, but they'd have that same gravity. Mm. And the other thing was um, in the greengrocers, as they used to do, was weighing things. And you'd get. I'd always be very curious particularly with things like small, like mushrooms or something where it was such fine balance to find the equilibrium and the green growth would very gently keep feeding on Mm. things and then suddenly you'd see these scales swinging in complete motion together and it somehow Fills me with great <laughs> calmness, <laughs> this still moment, and it's always David in The way this peace resonates with both of these thoughts—that sort of. The lead man and the feather man equally weighted, and this moment of equilibrium. Mm. Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. it's a beautiful description of that moment because the moment when the scales balance Balance, is a very important moment. It is, it's a
0: fulcrum point. It somehow really made me feel a sort of strange. Um, peacefulness, when, it, when they did that uh, feeling of that equilibrium between the two sides, yes.
1: And the so, piece itself has a great charm, yes, very sculptural.
0: It's a, it's a very sculptural piece, yes. Yes, I'm very fond of this thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. yes. Um, And it also relates to some very early work. In fact, I often think of it as my first piece where I actually thought this is a performance where I was doing sculptural work. Again, probably with that thought in mind, where I put pulleys in trees and I hung myself from one pulley and got somebody else to keep putting like bags of something or stones Mm -hmm. on the edge of another point until i was lifted in the air and people and it was meant to be a sculpture because then i was going to put something else to replace my own body on the Mm -hmm. other side so he had these two very disparate objects but in equilibrium on a tree hanging Um, but I always remember a lot of people started gathering around as I was lifted in the air. And I'd just begun, this is nineteen sixty nine, to think about performance and mm. reading Joseph Boys and things. Ah. And and I suddenly thought actually this is the work, this moment of me being lifted in the air by this other side being weighted down. Mm-hmm. And it suddenly um, and then I thought, could I drink a lot of water and come back to the ground? You know, and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So it sort of set in motion a whole train of thoughts around performance and process. Yes. And it
1: sets in motion a whole practice, as such, is um, not it? Yes, yeah, it's really, exactly. really gone. It's it, that's all the way through your Oh
0: work. Yes, yes. So yeah, so that's sort of somewhat organic, but beginning from quite thought out starting point, Mm. yes, and then letting it run.
1: And what's next after this exhibition do you have plans there's a book isn't there
0: there is, that is right? a book that's come out already okay. so that book is there i mean i have lots of you know um bits and bobs of performances coming up but i have the one thing i'm very interested in doing is 2020 um, John Latham, the artist, was born in the same small Zambian town as me. Really? Yes, in 1920. And John and I spoke occasionally about this thought of the incidental person, as he put it, mm. um, and a whole practice around that of his. Um, but about a person in a town, just an incidental person, I like just feeling their way through a town somehow. And um, it's always stayed with me, this thought about going back to Zambia Mm. and just being an incidental person for a time in this small town. Well, it's a big town now, actually, it's huge, it's grown. Um, And because it's 100 years since John Nathan was born there and I'll be turning 70 next year, um, I thought it would be a really great time to go and just see what happened. You know, it could be anything from spending months to just a shorter time, mm-hmm. maybe doing something in the local museum or so, but it's very much on my mind to put into motion now and see where it leads. And What's
1: the name of the town?
0: Livingston. Zambia, but um, some people call it Maramba, but that's one part of it.
1: Mm. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Yes. I didn't know the. I didn't know the connection with John Latham.
0: Yes, and mm. it always made me feel very connected. That somehow maybe flat time has something to do with Zambian time, mm. with African time, mm. different consciousness of time. Very, I never spoke different. to him about that, mm. although now I wish I, I had. But yes, so that's the next sort of thing I'd like to start to shape, Mm -hmm. yes.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, for anyone listening, um, if they go to your website, you've got a button almost for every year going back. That's
0: right, it's um, a bit <laughs> it, it's, 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 Well,
1: it's beautiful to see something ordered that way. It's oh, kind please. of rather calming because
0: oh, there is such
1: a breadth and depth to your work across so much time. It can be daunting, but it's rather yes. nice. So it's a very good oh, website good. to visit to oh, understand about your work. I know the difficulty of putting websites. Yeah. There, so it's almost impossible.
0: Almost impossible because you either have to decide to be really tidy it all up into something mm. or because I never know what you prioritise because people think that you have iconic works or works that are more important than others and I just don't think like
1: that. No but, no.
0: You know, so no, well
1: that's, so. that's another resource. So, Anne, thank you very much for oh, joining us on Resonance FM and um, a station I think you're very connected with your work and your practice and your yes. collaborators. We haven't mentioned Bogamelan, which is the one that yes. everyone, when we think no. of Anne Bean, we think about Bo Gamelan.
0: yes. We mentioned it a little bit, but... Um, Yes, Um, Gamelan, we sort of kept out of this particular exhibition just because it was another huge um, thing to deal with. But it was basically a collaboration with the sculptor Richard Wilson, the percussionist artist Mm. um, Paul Burwell and myself. Beginning in the early 80s when we used to take both, you know, both Paul and Richard were very involved with the Thames and had boats, and we did a lot of exploring mm. of the Thames and the highways and byways and all the industrial landscape that was still present then, and all the different machinery as well as the tidal um, and other natural processes that were going on. Echoes under bridges. Um, welding activities, um, picking up things with um, fork lifts and those old um, grabbers and magnetic lifts and so the whole thing evolved from a sort of shared sensibility of the excitement mm. of the river and how to make a sound and visual work from that mm. and just grew and grew basically yeah. then, and, yes. and
1: very, very exciting and visceral performances. Yes, so, no, so I really... They were the, I guess, the result of all that investigation.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I found I really loved Doing it because it really did feel that um, a, a visual and sonic sensibility really came together. Mm. N- you know, the sound didn't illustrate the visual, the visual the sound. They were basically totally fused. Yeah, How the, they were no,
1: absolutely no boundaries between yes, them, which is really important. Yes. Illustrating things is not very interesting.
0: No, is it? No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Never. Realized,
0: really. Okay. Well,
1: Anne, thank you very much for your time. Thank and, um, it's at the end of the exhibition, so anyone listening will actually be able to come to the exhibition. But there's so much documentation of your work. Available. There
0: is. And Jane England will have photographs of the exhibition on her website, mm. England and Co.
1: England and Co. The yes. gallery. All right, Jane. Um, Jane. Anne, thank you very much. You have been listening to Isotopica here on Resonance 104.4 FM. It's with me, Simon Tishko. And today we were in conversation with artist Anne Bean. I'm sure you will be interested in looking further at Anne's work. And apart from Google, there's a very good place to start being AnneBeanArchive.com. And as I said at the beginning of the program, it's got a page for every year of her practice stretching back from 1970 to the present day. England & Co, uh, representing Anne at the moment as an arts admin in Toynbee Hall. You can find all that online, and as ever, you can find further details of my work and Isotopica on my website, being www.theculture.net. Do keep in touch, Instagram, through the website or the radio station. Thanks for listening to Isotopica. Thank you, Anne Bean, for your time, and catch you all soon sometime here on air on Resonance 104.4 FM. This program was brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. If you've enjoyed what you've listened to, you can support Isotopica by going directly to our website, being www.theculture.net slash support All the engineers, program makers and artists at Resonance FM provide their work on a voluntary basis. Resonance FM can be found at resonancefm.com Thank you for listening to Resonance FM.